You are listening to episode seven of Feel Free to Deviate, the podcast about people, their jobs, and their relationships with success. My name is Jim Turbert, and I'm the host. Episode seven is a conversation with Robin Chase. She was a teacher for 20 years. After some soul searching and encouragement from her support network, she pivoted and became a food photographer. Sometimes I forget to ask the key question, what is your definition of success? And this is one of those times. But I think we can infer from the conversation that she views success as making a living in a fun way while simultaneously finding time for herself and her family. She's excelling at this and should probably do an online course. We talk about how she and her partner organically grew their food photography and styling business and how working for herself gives her the freedom and flexibility to do the things that bring her happiness. I'm inspired by her story and deeply impressed. I think that if I had a clearer idea of what I wanted for myself, I'd try to follow in her footsteps. But I still have a few things to figure out. Baby steps. On a personal note, I'm still looking for a job. I haven't had any luck, but I am working on broadening my serendipity surface. That is to say that I am spending my time putting work that reflects what I want to do into the world with the expectation that it will draw the attention of those who appreciate such things. Sort of an, if you build it, it will come situation. By the way, I know that's not the actual quote. So yeah, if you have a job for me, send it my way. Keep in mind, I live in Rotterdam. Just a note, Robin and I were sort of warming up before the podcast actually started, so the episode begins unconventionally. I may have mentioned this before, but I reserve the right to deviate from the format. Do not be alarmed. It's going to work out. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. This is my conversation with Robin Chase. What would you want to do if you could do whatever you wanted to do? Well, that's part of the problem. You don't know? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I haven't seen you in so long. I actually don't know a whole lot about you. You I mean, I knew very little about you back then, too. Like I, I, You are. You were always a little mysterious, you know? At this point, you're just you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. But you have things that you enjoy. Like you have things that you enjoy doing. Of course. That you would enjoy doing for money. Sure. And any of those avenues, you're sort of looking yeah, in any of those I, directions. Am I, am I interviewing you? You are. You are. I expected this part of the conversation to happen a little bit later, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's put a pin in that and we will come back to it. I'm just going to read my standard introduction and hopefully that'll start the things off. And I'm going to make a note here to go back to talking about things I'm looking into. And one of those things is a podcast. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Robin Chase, nay Grossman. I'm constantly fighting the urge to call you Robin Grossman because I know that's who you were. That's who I was. I know. But Robin Chase. I've asked you to be on my podcast because I think you've found a certain level of success. Honestly, I have no recollection of what you did before, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't even remotely photography-based. And now you are the toast of the Maplewood, New Jersey food photography world. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, you seem to have found a balance between personal and professional life. And when I see that, I always wonder, why can't I do that? So I'd like you to tell me, what is your secret? Oh, that's really funny. I guess we have to dial this back, right? To like how this kind of started. Sure. If you're not going to tell me the secret right now, <laughs> let's let's dial it back. That was my introduction. You just tell me a little bit about where you come from. You didn't know what I was doing before. So I was an educator oh. for 20 years-ish. Like in public school. 
public, private, not my own. I have a master's in special education. I worked as a learning specialist, as a resource room teacher, as a teacher in a private school, teaching kids with learning disabilities. So I did that for a really long time. I have no recollection of any of that. Yes. So that's that was like my New York life. I enjoyed it, but I would see other teachers and that was like their thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I never like I'd go to these conferences and I was just like, mm, you know, meh. And it was fine. Like it was fine. But I my interests were more in food, but I didn't know how it was in food. I just didn't know. So I was just like It was more than just eating it though. Yeah, I enjoyed eating it for sure. But then I started taking pictures of food just for fun because I thought it was really beautiful. And then I wrote like a series of really terrible blogs in like the early 2000s, which required photography, you know? So I would pretend that I knew what the hell I was doing. But this was all while you were teaching. Yeah. You know, it just was like a hobby thing because I I don't know. I was just trying to figure it out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So photography was involved in that. And really, I enjoyed the photography end of it more than anything else. But that was a way for me to have a reason to take pictures of these like stupid ass apples at the farmer's market. Right? So right. I had like a place to put it. And then I pretended I knew how to write recipes, which was totally not my place. Well, and you know, this is funny, actually, because at some point, Jason Kelly mm-hmm. reached out to me. It was like, hey, you need to check your white balance because because it sucks. All your photos <laughs> are orange because you're like taking pictures indoors with your horrible lighting. And I was like, oh, Damn, like I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like doing it for fun. But I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a thing. <laughs> yeah. White balance. That kind of inspired me to take some classes in the city. So I started taking some photography courses in New York. And nice. I was there just like because I needed something else. I just didn't know. I mean, I'm the queen of not knowing what the hell I'm doing. I still today, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like I don't I, I'm constantly debating what I'm doing and if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I'll ever feel like I'm doing the right thing. So I don't really know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes, that's. I think of you as being a successful person because all of a sudden, all of a sudden I say in old guy terms, all of a sudden old guy terms is like the past six years. (laughs) Could be longer. I don't even know. All of a sudden you are posting pictures of you and your your coworker. I'm sorry, my yeah, colleague Sue, Sue yeah. doing the things. And then you have a book and you've got you're in the magazine and you're in the doing the stuff and it's pretty serious. And I've seen pictures of your gear. You're all like, look, we got gear and we're doing the thing. We're doing the professional <laughs> social media promotion. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. You know, well, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I'm horribly critical of myself and my work because I'm still so new at all of this. I mean, I'm five years in. Mm-hmm. I'm still so green. It's uncomfortable. And I, I'm more comfortable with being uncomfortable now, but I'm still like, I don't belong here. <laughs> we could put a pin in that for okay. sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll do a quick wrap up of then to now, which is basically I moved to New Jersey. I get more teaching work out here. I'm in a school that doesn't quite fit with me. I like to help children and I was in a private school and they didn't really want me to do what I wanted to do with children. So I knew it wasn't the forever job, but I was there for seven years because it was one of those super cush gigs. Uh, You know, I I almost left because I was going to go to culinary school. I told my job I'm leaving. I'm going to culinary school. It's going to be great. I was all pumped. And then I had a massive freak out and then I decided I can't do that. And then I stayed onto my job another year. Okay. I mean, I had a nice boss at the time. Nice. But then I was talking to a friend of mine and and she's like, well, what would you really want to do? And I was like, well, I'd 
I'd be a food photographer. Haha. <laughs> like that was so funny to me. I'm like, like what a ridiculous thing I would want to do. And she's like, well, why don't you take the money that you would have spent on culinary school and invest it in gear and courses and, and just do that? Hmm. Interesting. So I kind of mulled that over for a while. I took some courses out here. There's this great art school out here. So I started doing that. And then um, I found this online apprenticeship type program where you get like this master teacher and he gives you assignments and critiques you. And I did that for like a year. And he's like, see if there's any food stylist, aspiring food stylists in town that you can work with, yeah. do some test shoots with. So I'm like, okay. So I reach out in my town right away. There's this woman, Sue, who responds to my post. She's also in kind of a not so great job. And this is really what she wants to be doing. She was working for an agency at the time. We hit it off right away. We meet and talk for hours. Let's let's do some fun stuff. Nice. So she, we both had Fridays off at the time. So we started doing test shoots and then we got a job. Randomly, we got connected to this job and then we got like a few more jobs. And then suddenly I was, I was calling in sick to my actual job ah. to do this job. And I just had this feeling the train was going to leave the station if I didn't do this right now. The thing is, I am totally not a risk taker at all. I am the responsible person. I, I'm i the person who, you know, I map everything out and I make a plan. And this is so unlike me. Okay. You know, I'm back and forth. I'm like, okay, let's do this. We should do this. And I, I make the decision. And then I have, you know, a few weeks down the road, I have this total moment of panic. I'm like, I can't leave this cush job. This is the best job. There's so many reasons why this job works. It's stable. It's good money. It's, I mean, all this stuff, mm -hmm. but it was honestly toxic. Every time I step foot onto that campus, I would have a massive headache. Oh. I mean, everybody would dump their stuff on me. That was sort of my, my job. I was like a dumping ground for everybody's bullshit. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. You know, one knows when they, it's time to leave, I think. I Well, I, I knew it was time to leave for years, but I couldn't get myself to do it. <laughs> I know. Well, it's hard to lose. It's hard to leave a paycheck. It, yeah, for sure. It's hard to leave a paycheck and a steady job. And I mean, to go freelance, like you mm -hmm. have no idea what that's going to be like. I say I'm going to leave. And then, you know, a few weeks later, I'm like, I can't do this. This is this is dumb. I have this great job. And what do I, I think I'm just going to go be a food photographer. Like, and honestly, I sit down with Don, I'm freaking out and, and, and Don, I give him all the credit, not all the credit, but a little bit of the credit for pushing me because he was basically like, look, I'm going to lose respect for you. If you go back to that shitty job. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I, I mean, it's exactly what I needed to hear mm -hmm. because he knew how unhappy I was there. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess it's settled. I guess I'll do this. <laughs> so I did. So we both ended up leaving our jobs and starting this business five years ago, five and a half years ago. Nice. The nice thing though, is that we both have other things that we do for income. So I uh, still tutor. Okay. So I have a pretty full tutoring schedule and she freelances doing design work for this big lumber company and you okay. know other people that come her way. We would, we didn't leave. And then suddenly all of our income was dependent on this thing that we were trying to grow. So that made it easier. Definitely. I think it's important to talk about that, that, yeah. you know, you had this passion to go and hone your food photography skills and seek out this partner and go find work and you do other work to facilitate that yeah. level of freedom and enjoyment. Most of the people I've talked to thus far are somehow in involved in, in arts. The first woman is a singer. You know, she's got stuff going on. She does stuff on the side too. And right. she's actually in a pretty famous band and she's got side yeah. stuff, whether it's teaching or, or whatever. I mean, look, we're, we're also old and have children and yeah. bills and everything. So, and experience in life to the point where hopefully we have skills to do other things while we're kind of nurturing this thing you want to do. Right. It was a big 
jump for me because I'm just not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been able to do that with at least mentally without knowing that I still would have income right. coming in. Sure. Um, well, it's great to have the support network, you know, whether it's a supportive spouse who is gainfully employed, right? a, a family. For sure. I understand yeah. that. That in itself is a privilege, but it's- For sure. Yeah. Take advantage of it. And and it makes you happier. I could, yeah, and I realized that most of my communication with you over the past several years has been via social media. <laughs> so take it with a grain of salt, but you look like you're pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. 100%. I am. I think my 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 only unhappiness comes in I like want to instantly be good. I'm constantly comparing myself to the wrong people. I'm like comparing my work to people who have been doing this for 20 years. It's just unfair. You know, I get easily frustrated when I can't accomplish what I want to accomplish and I I'm, I'm trying to get better at that where I'm trying to understand that there's so much more I'm still learning and I'm starting to get good at the things that I know, but there's so many areas that I am still honing and learning and figuring out it's time and doing it. And I'm trying to be nicer to myself, but I'm, you know, like I've been doing this five and a half years and I'll say there's one image that I made that I'm proud of. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think my work is okay. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's, I'm not blown away by myself yet. <laughs> Okay. You know, I think I have a long way to go for that. Well, where does most of your work come from? Because it seems like there are eight mazillion restaurants in your town and you seem to be photographing for seven mazillion of them. You know, it's less restaurant work, which I mean, I I enjoy that work. It's fun. doesn't pay as much by nature, but but a lot more of it because we have studio now um, and because of what I put up on our portfolio is more food products. So it's, oh, okay. it's, it's packaging, it's products that people need website photography for they're selling online. So yeah. they, need sty- they need styled images. They need their, you know, whatever images on white, but they also need their styled images for their website and for social. And when the pandemic hit, I honestly was like, well, it was nice while it lasted. Like I really thought it was over. Oh, really? I, I, because every place tanked. I thought nobody would have money for this kind of, you know, this is sort of an extra, sure. <laughs> you know, in people's budgets. But I bet everybody has a phone on their camera and like they could just make do. I mean, it's terrible. It but, really is terrible. And people have no idea what goes into food photography. They, they really see, don't. Like an image can take like an hour or longer. Sure. You know, <laughs> when the pandemic hit, I was like, ah, oh, shit. But then quickly realized that everybody needed their content online. They really do. Especially Everyone food does. places, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that it was an explosion of work. It was, which was really amazing because I was still working out of my house with three kids in home virtual learning. That sounds peaceful. Yeah, it was really amazing. I had like clients on Zoom and then kids coming down wanting lunch and it was so bananas. I can't tell you how crazy it was. And then I would, you know, when we have a shoot, there's food everywhere. It's all over. You can't even walk. I mean, so I don't know. I have a kitchen right behind you. So it's like an open kitchen dining. So this Mm -hmm. is where we would shoot. I needed to block out light. I would just lock that out. This became my studios, but you couldn't even come in here because there was just props everywhere, everywhere. boards and everything Mm -hmm. tethered to the computer. Like, and then my kids would enter the scene and I'm just like, okay, stop, don't move. (laughs) You're going to knock something over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, it was sort of a wacky year. Sort of. Yeah, it definitely pushed us to really look into a studio space. And luckily, it was finally to the point where we could swing a studio space. You know, like it was always sort of a dream for a while. Like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to get this shit out of my house? Like Mm -hmm. every closet had 
it's not just my all my gear, but it's all it's surfaces, it's props. I mean, yeah. it, we have a giant prop collection. Or even just boxes. Oh my God. I mean, just there's so many things. I mean, with food photography, you just need like an arsenal of supplies of all different things to style everything with for every mood. <laughs> but what and then there's the the whole lighting aspect of things. You gotta yeah. set things yeah. up every single time. When yeah. I was thinking about doing a YouTube thing. One of the reasons I settled on a podcast was that, well, first of all, I can't afford a studio right now. Mm -hmm. I can't just set up a lighting studio every time I want to shoot something. It would be crazy. That would be 80% of my time. So (laughs) it's so much cheaper to do it audio. Yes. (laughs) Good choice. It's a pretty good choice. And also nobody wants to look at me. I used to be young (laughs) and handsome. Now I'm just this old gray guy. (laughs) Oh, you're still handsome. Thank you. I was fishing for a compliment. (laughs) Oh yeah. So I mean, having the space is incredible. I have my, my pantry back. I actually put things like paper towels in my pantry. I know if you look downstairs, there's paper towels and like toilet paper in that closet, which used to be jammed with everything. There was just photography shit everywhere, everywhere, everywhere is taking over. It takes up a lot of space. It does. I can imagine that just the lighting stuff alone must be ridiculous. Yeah, it all is. But also awesome. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's been a huge improvement in our lives to, and just to be able to go someplace and work. So I tutor too, right? And mm-hmm. all of it's been virtual uh, okay. because of the pandemic. So I would sit where I am now and be on Zoom all day. And then when I was shooting, I was just right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Know, That's some seriously good work-life balance. <laughs> I mean, like I spent, and the kitchen high is right there. And I'm the food person for the family. So I kind of lived in these two rooms mm-hmm. for a year and a half. I didn't leave unless I was sleeping or maybe at night I'd be in the living room to leave this space is really fucking nice. Yeah. Like, oh, I go to a different place. I get in my car and go someplace to work, which is so nice. Yeah, we're, we're so happy. My wife has a studio nearby and I walked over there. It's so nice. What does she do? She designs exhibition spaces. You know, she designs these crazy spaces Wow. Awesome. It's super cool. Before we moved here, she did mostly store windows and fancy jewelry stores, but she was working out of our house the whole time we were in Boston. (laughs) Yeah. There would be models of buildings all over our house because she had to build them for the window of the store and they didn't, she didn't have a (laughs) proper studio place. The whole house would be filled with fabric and foam and glue and and a little baby Eiffel Tower. (laughs) I mean, sounds pretty cool from a distance, but living in it wouldn't. It was super cool, but it was also, it becomes tiresome. And I can imagine constantly living that for a year and a half must be brutally painful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we worked out of this house for almost five years, but the the pandemic piece was was the hardest. Everyone was here. Mm -hmm. It made it hard. But hey, pandemic's over, right? (laughs) Oh, God. I can't. can't. Let's not talk about the pandemic. Let's not talk. No, we're not. We're just going to skip over that part. We can acknowledge that it happened. We don't need to go into uh, thoughts and theories and feelings about whether it's over or not. Yeah. I I mentioned before seeing and assessing your level of happiness on social media. And another thing that I zeroed in on is the fitness. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people that I knew either in high school or post high school, specifically women, are hardcore runners now. Oh, really? Half marathons, marathons, ultra marathons. Yeah. Like, 
you guys are no freaking joke. What is the deal? And and where do you find the time? Okay. So here's like a really sad thing today. Today I was, you know, actually Wednesday we were flying out to Lake Tahoe. Uh, There's a big group of us and um, a good friend of mine and this, and it's two good friends of mine, you know, we do ultra marathons. So an ultra marathon is anything longer than a marathon, right? (laughs) But two good friends of mine were about to run the Tahoe 200, which is a 200 mile race that circumnavigates Lake Tahoe over the course of four days. I know that saying out out loud to it's crazy. It's great. I know. I, I know. I know. I know. I know. It takes a ton of planning and a ton of training and you have what's called a crew and pacers that uh, go with the runner. So that's what all those yeah. people that you're always taking pictures with. Those are that's your crew. Some of them. Some of them. So I was this woman, Kim, was about to, was going to start today. Yeah. And um, there was a group of us who I mean, we've been planning this for the last six months, her longer, and we were training to help pace her. So after 62 miles, you can have a pacer and that person can run with the person who's running the race. There were a few of us who were going to be splitting up the next 140 miles with Kim out there. I mean, you know, I'm in New Jersey, so it's a little tiny bit of elevation, but not much. So yeah, I mean, so we would be going up 4,000 feet, of elevation gain and back down and among the course of 15 to 20 miles, you know, we were training really, really hard and we met a million times to plan everything out. And then two weeks before this race, so that was two weeks from today, because it was supposed to today, it was canceled because uh. you probably, I mean, you probably don't know because you're not here, but you know, like Tao is pretty much on fire now. I mean, the West is on fire. Yeah. It's all very sad. It got canceled and we were all honestly crushed because this was something we've all been really looking forward to for a really long time. I mean, I mean, we talk about what's your passion. I, I love this more than most things. It's, okay. There's just, it's, it's all trails and I pretty much exclusively run trails and just being in nature, running on trails, sometimes by myself. It's glorious. Incredible. Um, sometimes with a group, we go to take adventures most weekends mm-hmm. and just try to get into the mountains. And I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. The fact that what I do now allows me the time to be able to put that into my life is pretty important and really lucky. So when I consider, okay, am I doing the right thing? Like, like I remember my, my grandfather, when he was alive, he was a dentist and he worked as a dentist his whole life. And he had his own practice on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Hmm. And, you know, he tries to get every single one of us to be a dentist. His kids, none of them want to be a dentist. His grandchildren, none of us want to be a dentist. I mean, ew gross. Put my hands in people's mouths. That's disgusting. I wouldn't want to be a dentist either. But you know, he was always like, look, every day I wake up and I look myself in the mirror and I ask myself, do I want to go to work today? You know, and it's basically him saying when you're your own boss, you decide what you had to live your life, what you want. There's something you want to do. You know, you plan it out, you block out that day. I will say that when I think about different directions, like, oh, should I be doing this? You know, I probably should maybe make more money if I ever want to be comfortable later on or whatever. I think about that and that I can, my kid has some important event. I'm going to put that on the calendar and block it out and I can be there. And so on the days, there's certainly bad days in my job as a photographer. It sounds very interesting and it is, but you know, depending on the client that you're working with, depending on what the job is, you know, there are certain jobs where a client comes to us and there's zero creativity. I totally understand. Those are the jobs that pay the most. I'll tell you, they come and they, they have a whole deck and it's like, here's what we want. Yeah. Every single color is mapped out. All the design is mapped out. 
I need to find the surfaces that match. I need to find the props that match. Everything's already done. I just have to make it so. Right, right. So it's all technical. Yeah. We have zero input. Oh, zero? With the restaurants, it's probably more though, right? I mean, so many other jobs. Yeah, for sure. We just did a cookbook project. Mm-hmm. We did a catering company recently. Those recent jobs that we had, they were coming to us and saying, they don't know. Please help us. Yeah. So depending on who the client is, they're like, they don't even know where to begin. And so I'm like, okay, here's some possible different moods. Here's some styles that we can choose. And here, look at these images. What are you thinking? What's the feel of your brand? So that's fun for us because we get to be super creative there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're so excited because they get to see their work, their food. And it looks awesome. Yeah. This is such a fun relationship because we're excited because we get to be creative and they're excited because they see their stuff looking really good. Yeah. That's really fun. But it's these other bigger like agency jobs where it's really, it's like the middleman that's coming to us because the client's hiring the agency, the agency is coming to us. So they need to make sure all the boxes are checked. Right. It's fine. It pushes me technically. Sure. I I can imagine. You need to make this happen. Yeah. You know? And so I, it's a range. You know, as Don likes to tell me whenever I complain, he likes to say, that's why they call it work. Oh, he's so wise. They're paying you to make something happen. And not every job is going to be all butterflies and rainbows. And you're doing it because you need money in order to live your life. It's true. It's all about those choices and what makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. With all of this, I'm happy with the idea that or the fact that I have built in to my schedule, like I can do the things that I really enjoy or do the things I want to do with my kids Yeah, because I'm making the choices. That's pretty important. I think it's the most important. I I think it is like at the end of life. I mean, you look back and you're like, what choices did I make? What could I have done differently? What do I regret? I don't know. Like I want to make sure I have enough time with my kids. That's important. Your kids are teenagers already. Oh my God. I know. It's nuts. I have two teenagers. I have two teenagers. My kid's 10. Yeah. It's going so fast. I look like a different person than I did when they were born. (laughs) I hear you. It goes really fast. I exist too outside of my job and my children. I want to make sure that I also can be, just be, Yes. you know, do those things. And it's not like I want to have all that time to go off and like take days on end to just do my own personal hobbies, but I can make time for them which is nice. Well, it seems like you're making time for them. And that's that's why I asked you to come on. It just seems you're like in balance. I remember back in the Hadley House days, Hadley House is where we used to live long time ago. Long time. You were the only person I knew who was into yoga and wellness kind of stuff. And now everybody is. <laughs> but it just seems like you have embodied that. You're like, I have found balance. I have a career that I enjoy doing. I find time for my kids and I run a million miles a week. Yeah, but it's weirdly coincidental. Is it though? Well, I I don't feel like I was like, okay, in order to make this work, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z so I can set up my schedule this way. Like, this is a weird thing to me. It kind of oddly came together. I have never, ever been somebody who things fall in their lap. I know people like that. Mm -hmm. Like they just go about their life and shit falls in their lap. Yeah, that happens. One person comes to mind where like he doesn't try. Like it just, I'm like, what the fuck? I feel like I've worked so hard through my life. Everything I have done before this, everything I did, I hit the pavement and did my shit in order to get to the next place. I lined it up and I organized it and I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay, here are my steps. This situation is was not that. Okay. People like to tell me it was, but I don't feel like it was. Like it was a feeling and then something else happened and then this thing came together and it doesn't normally happen like that 
for me. Things don't just connect and come together. It didn't happen until now. And maybe like you can get all like weirdly new agey. I'm not going to. About that and be like, oh, well, it was supposed to be blah, blah, blah. But I'm not that person either. I'm not going to say that either. I don't know. I, 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 it just lined up in a strange way. And I feel lucky. It sounds like a bit of serendipity. Yeah. But also, I mean, you say that you didn't plan it, but you did take classes and I did, but and like you that have to practice running. You don't just run a hundred miles without practicing. Yeah, so but that's just these- like that's just a fun hobby. Like that's just something I do for me, you know. Yeah. But the photography and like I took classes. Okay. You know, I That's a pretty deliberate move. I remember a guy I kind of worked with, he worked at the place that I used to work. He was getting into photography. He was complaining about sending his work out to be printed, but he also prided himself as being self-taught. I was just like, okay, so you're, you have a problem with the guy that's printing your pictures, yet you want to be self-taught. Just take a freaking class and go yeah. learn how to color balance pictures at the local college. Just go right. and do it and you'll learn how to right. color balance your own pictures and they will look exactly yeah. like the way you want them to look. Yeah. And the nice thing about now is there's so many avenues to learn. There's a million ways to learn every single little thing that you need to do. Yeah. I was taking classes and I did this apprenticeship and and all of that, but there's still a ton that I'm, I'm learning as I'm going because like I said before, you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. until suddenly you're presented with the situation. You're like, oh shit, I got to figure that out. (laughs) So you figure it out and think maybe that's, I don't know when I, when I hear about people who there's something they want to do, but they can't do it. I think that there's some fear involved in some people that they're going to fail at what they're doing. Yeah. Which is natural, but which is, which will happen by the way that's sort of part of the whole thing. You're totally going to fuck up and you're going to piss people off. That's how you learn. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you just can't be afraid of that shit because, or else you're just going to be paralyzed by that. I know people who have way more training than I do Mm -hmm. who don't work because I think they're afraid of not doing it right. Or like when I first started out, I was so new. So new. And I didn't go to photography school like you did. Mm -hmm. So I had that layer of self-doubt because I'm learning all of this through a different avenue. And I felt like at that point, maybe I'm not legit. I was getting these jobs and I was talking to a good friend of mine. Um, I don't think there was any way you would have met her. Her name is Stacia. She works in the city. She's... I did meet her. Oh, okay. Yes. In passing Uh, over the sometimes that I visited, she married your cousin, right? Yeah. And divorced. Married and divorced your cousin. But she's a photographer, correct? Yeah, she is. She actually just started in real estate, too. So she's had a little bit of a pivot at this point. But wasn't she kind of a big photographer? Didn't she work for like magazines and stuff? Yeah, she did. She did some really big shoots. Yeah, for sure. She did some really cool stuff. And when I started, you know, I was worried about how I was lighting things and I was worried about my setup and I was worried about all these things because I didn't think they were right. And she was like, you know what? Everybody does it differently. You're going to do this the way you're going to do it. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's wrong. Totally. At the end of the day, it's what you're producing at the end. If that client is happy, then that's awesome. There's no, uh, yeah. Okay. You could get all technical and say there's this, there's one way to do that, but that's not necessarily true. You're going to find what works for you and and what your style is. And that's going to be your way. Don't say that. I was like, no. All right. I didn't get that back then. I was like, oh, it's supposed to be done this way, you know? Yeah. So maybe it's almost an advantage that I didn't go through an actual photography degree because maybe I'd be held back by that because I would have to have to do it a certain way. And Mm -hmm. the people that I'm thinking of did that. Maybe they're scared because they feel like there's only one way to do things. Yeah, there really is not. And maybe by doing it on my own, I felt a little more able to kind of do it my own way and not feel afraid that I was breaking the rules or something. Word. (laughs) I don't know. 
Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the phrase ignorance is bliss has a very negative connotation. But in this in this case, I don't think it's a negative thing. I, it, it's, it's just a way to go out there and try something and then possibly fail. And then... And then you learn, you're like, oh, that doesn't work. I'm going to try this thing and see how it works. Okay, good. Right. You know, and then, you know, at one point I met with this yeah, actual professional went through school had been working for 30 years all that and i'm like i need help with lighting help mm-hmm. me i'm like I, this is what i'm doing is it right you know help me figure it out and i met with him and and he's like well it's like trial and error totally you know you're gonna put it over here like we tried to here you do this you do this you do this and you know that doesn't work and then you problem solve and you know there's this reflection and okay so basically what you're telling me is <laughs> there is no secret you just don't know you just you go into a situation <laughs> Especially with what we're doing, because uh-huh. everything is going to be different. Yep. It's not like you're shooting people every time, uh-huh. you know, so you got to like play around. Oh, well, crap. That makes that let, let us look weird. So you got to move this and then you got to totally. put that little thing in there. So it's blocking the real reflection there. You know, it's all about problem solving and figuring it out. I'm like, all right, word. All right, cool. I can, I, so I'm going to do reflection, that. I have to move it physically. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I just like you just got to figure it out on the fly. I'm like, so that's that's the that's how it works. He's like, yeah cool. There's tools. You figure out how to use the tools and where the light is coming from and where it's bouncing and all of that stuff, obviously basic. When I used to work at at Wellesley, I did a lot of different things, but they had this whole system of you could do extra work. So I would, if there was a guest lecturer on campus, I would do the AV support for that. And they give you like a hundred bucks for an hour of work. So I, I would do as many of those things as I could because it was <laughs> totally. just it was just like yeah. free money. The best kind of money. <laughs> it's so good. I, I did workshops, hmm. lighting workshops. Oh, okay. And all the students were there with their notepads waiting for the secret. And I was just like, no, <laughs> right, you, totally. you just got to try. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what? Like I don't know <laughs> that, if that's going to that reflect there. What do I look like, right. a math genius? <laughs> totally. I really, I really thought I was going to go and be like, I'm going to learn all of the elements. And then after this... It's all, I'm going to have it in every situation. Definitely not. That is not how it works at all, ever. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, at the end of the day, it's doing it. Yes. Over and over and over again. I just recently signed up. I'm I'm, uh, taking this like year long class with this studio photographer. He's been doing this for whatever, 40 years or something. And now he teaches online like the rest of them. Yeah. But, um, you know, he was all studio and still life and tabletop mm-hmm. and he has a million workshops online and everything, but I signed up to be, you know, in a cohort of his, I think there's 12 of us or something. What he does is give us an assignment every week and mm-hmm. then he critiques you. It's not like he's there teaching you all these principles. He has all these videos. He, he's like, here, watch this, watch this, watch this. You could have done this. You could have done that. Yeah, whatever. You know, and basically it's just shoot this boring thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's next. I have to shoot something incredibly boring oh, nice. and make it look sexy. Like you know, last week, it was like a pouring shot, shooting something like, super reflective or, you know, just so that we could just do it yeah. a lot. And then we and then we hear the feedback of everybody else's work and we learn from their mistakes and mm-hmm. I learn from my mistakes. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. We spend an hour once a week on Zoom talking about our work. My point I'm making is you're never going to be good if you're just going to sit there and read books about it. You have this mentor guy who's guiding you. But if you don't have the money to go out and get a mentor like that or take a course or whatever, you can just do that. Right. It doesn't take much. Totally. A hundred percent. I think one of the things that I like about this particular thing is that he also gives assignments that are completely not what I do. I just won't do that on my own. Like, I'm just not going to do it because I'm in my nice little... Well, and I, I realized I like I got a little bit comfortable doing what I know how to do because sure. I know how to do it. 
I can't just do the same thing over and over. I need to get outside of that. I debated and debated and then ultimately signed up for this thing. And it's, you know, things that I don't necessarily need for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, go and photograph a stranger on the street. I'm like, oh, Jesus. That was our first assignment. He's like, I'm just going to make you do that. That's the first one. Get out of the way because everybody hates it. Yeah. People like us, people, studio mm-hmm. photographers hate it because we don't shoot things that move or talk back. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I had to approach someone I don't know and ask them to photograph them in a on the street. Like, I don't do that. Like, I don't, you know, I'm shy. I was even nervous about speaking to a mic. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I just did it. You know, you just do it, but just like, and then you do something like that and you're like, okay, actually that was fine. And then you have to think differently about, I'm so narrow with what I do in photography that that's what I know. I'm not Mm -hmm. thinking about, I'm not even thinking about shutter speed. I'm not because it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I'm on a tripod. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I can go as long as I need. But sometimes you have action shots, right? Or no? Very rarely. Very rarely. Not, I mean, it, it's, it's incredibly rare sometimes. And I get nervous because it's just, I'm just out of practice. Sure. It's just not what I do. I have to actually think about it as I'm doing it. And I don't, I like it to just be automatic, you know, with everything else I'm doing is, is automatic. I, but when I, suddenly I have something that moves, I'm like, oh, wait, okay. You know, I'm just, it's just not what I do. Right. You know, so it's good to be pushed in those ways that I won't make myself do myself. Sure. But that anxiety that you're talking about is probably the same thing that the person who didn't try and go out there into the world because they thought they were going to fail. Yeah. But the difference is that you did it. I guess so. And that <laughs> is the definition of That's success. The secret. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Welcome failure. It's true we've been really lucky with the clients that we've had. I will say we've had really just wonderful people that we've worked with. I don't know how, but we have, and you know, there's been a couple of doozies, but those are good too. Those are all good learning experiences too, because then you figure out what went wrong. And, but you know what? The nice thing though, is if you're dealing with events, it's hard to reshoot an event. You can always reshoot food, right? So this is true. The stakes are relatively low. You just have to convince your client that the stakes are low. It's like, dude, sometimes things happen. Just let me do it again. Totally. And with what we're doing, it's like, I don't, I don't move on to the next image until everybody's happy. This is approved. Oh, you've got the setup with the monitors and everything. And there's a guy nodding in the corner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or, or we're over zoom or they're on set with us. And I'm Uh like, okay, you're happy. Yes. We're, you know, we're happy with this image. We're going to, we're not going to move on until, you know, everybody's signing off on this. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Because so that it's you know, totally unambiguous. You just, this is it. That's the one yeah. moving on. Well, they're all involved. I mean, most of the time they're involved. They're either seeing in live time over zoom because I'm tethered to my computer Yeah. or they're on set with us. Okay. Although it's, it's higher stress when the client's there, it's nice because then they're literally signing off on each image and they can't come back and be like, well, we thought it was going to be this. I'm like, well, you saw it. You were there. You gave you me right the thumbs there. up. Exactly. <laughs> so those are all the things that I didn't know when I started that you learn just by doing it. So it's just got to do the shit over and over and over. Right. To figure it out. Do people approach you or is it all word of mouth? Is it? It's both. Yeah. I, we, we honestly have like, we've done nothing to, we should, we always say, okay, we should, we should send out emails and we should, I don't know, just make postcards and we, we just haven't. We keep saying we're going to do it and we haven't. What we did do early on, which was the best thing that we did, is we took one workshop one morning mm-hmm. for like two hours on SEO and changed all the little tags in our on our photos, on our portfolio online. Yeah. And it didn't happen overnight, but over a period of time, it just made our website come up that much faster when yeah, people yeah, Googled yeah, yeah, yeah. 
food photographer, New Jersey, or, you know, food stylist, New Jersey, whatever. I mean, we, we did, you know, all the different ones you're supposed to do. You can't just have all the same thing. And we followed the rules and it took two hours. Also I'm in a bit of a niche area where it's not like I'm a event photographer, where there's so many more. Yeah. And not to say there aren't a lot of food photographers. There's a ton. And also like I'm a step away from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I think honestly, being so close to New York is helpful because we kind of fall in this, in a similar distance range when people close to the city or in the city okay. are Googling food photographer. Right. And there's just more people wanting that in this metro area. Mm-hmm. I think our actual physical location helps with our Google results. Maybe. I don't really know. And this is not what I do. It certainly, it certainly um, is a factor. But I would think so. And then if you're looking at all these people in New York, most of them need a studio space. So that's going to increase how much they need to charge. So just by nature of us being not in the city, we're going to be less money. We definitely have people coming out from New York. Oh. Not that we're significantly less, but we raised our rates when we got the studio because we, we just got to pay for things. Got to pay for things. You know, it's just kind of built in to our fee, but we're not cheap, but we're not sky high either. Right. I think just being on the list with people in New York, I think is really helpful. That's honestly all we've done is we've, we did our SEO. I feel almost bad saying that because I feel like we should be doing more. We should be doing more. But the flow of work that we've gotten has grown organically at the pace that we wanted to grow. Initially, we were learning. Mm -hmm. We needed time to learn what we were doing. And so it was slow. And then it's grown at the pace that we've been comfortable taking on work. And it's, it keeps doing that because then now we're getting bigger clients and then we're posting about the bigger client. I mean, social, we, I do that. You see it. I put my shit up on social. So people see what we're doing. I mean, I, we get, we get clients that way. Some, okay. but most of them honestly are just through Google food photographer, in New Jersey. Do you have a social strategy? No, I don't even know what that means. Do you plan the days that you no. post and, and do you have a set number of posts per week and no. keywords and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm too old to know about that stuff. I think, or I guess I could learn it, but I, I'm not interested. I put up work when we have work that I feel good about showing. Yeah. You know, I like kind of shouting out the businesses that we work with and helping them along. They're helping us. We kind of have this nice relationship back and forth. So Mm -hmm. that's what social is. So I keep it. You keep it real. I keep it real. I mean, you know, I don't know. I put up stuff and when I have stuff and a lot, I mean, I have like a bunch of work in between those those photos, but who wants to see a picture of something on white seamless? So once in a while we get these really fun things and, or then we, you know, we shoot something, get to wait until, you know, I don't post it before they use it in whatever they're using. It's the stuff I'm waiting on and social strategy. I don't even know. I think about that stuff because I yeah. don't know how to get people to listen to this podcast. And right. I'm told that the main way to market is through social media. There are a couple of people who I don't know that are following my social, but it's mostly, yeah, just people that mostly it's you just but okay so you just when did you start this oh uh uh the first episode was the (laughs) beginning of august i I can't remember if it was the end of july or the beginning of august like dude give it time no i know i know i know i know (laughs) i know no that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying (laughs) just like social in general people yeah well but social in general social (laughs) in general you could you could go balls out and do all that stuff well i have a friend who's a painter i was at his kid's birthday party a couple (laughs) a couple weeks ago i was telling him oh i've seen your your instagram account it looks great Paco Del Mau, by the way, his, uh, <laughs> his Instagram looks great. And, and I was just like, you're getting so you have so many followers. And I mean, he doesn't think it's a lot, but he's got like 1500 followers. He's a painter, a, a Spanish guy living right. in the Netherlands. He's a painter. He's got 1500 followers. 
He's, he said, I've been reading about it. Uh, there are all these strategies and you have to keep a balance of followers versus followed and you have to like people and then get them to like you and then cancel shortly yeah. after. I guess like for what you're doing, it's more important maybe. I think yeah. for what I'm doing, the people who are finding us aren't big social media people. They're yeah. people our age and older who have a they business. They don't care about social media. They're not, they're barely on, maybe they're on social media, but it's it's not to find the freelancers. Like right, when they right. need somebody to do a job for their business, they're looking online. They're not searching around social media. Mm-hmm. If I was a blogger, I guess it would be different. Or it would I, definitely be different. That's not what I do. That's a totally different thing. It really is. What I do is pretty specific. And people need it. People need it. People totally need it. They try right. not to need it first. They don't know. First, they don't realize they need it and they try. My and nephew like, has a camera. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'll just have my nephew do it. Or I'll just have a phone. And, and then they take a picture and it looks like garbage. And they're like, oh, I could just use this app. And I get it. Look, try, you know. And there are certain people that I'm like, look, if you want to do this from home, I can, you know, certain people I can't afford a photographer, you know. And I'm like, here's some tricks, you know, to do something at home. It's not going to be awesome, but it'll be good enough. But if you give the budget, then they're like, oh, I have to hire somebody. Yeah. And when people realize we can do 10 images in a full day, I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe (laughs) best case scenario. Then they look at our day rate and they're just like, okay. I had one client that's like, well, but I can get an image for $15 on this stock agency. I said, great. That's awesome. Then do it. You know, it sounds like you've got an option. I'm, I'm not here to compete with that. Right. <laughs> that's an image of something that's not your food. Exactly. So if you want to take that, then that's great. You know, it depends on the vibe you're going for. Do you want that low end pizza shop vibe? I or mean, do you want- <laughs> that's your call. And we definitely get plenty of people that reach out and, you know, we have a back and forth. We tell them rates and we never hear from them again. Yeah. But, you know, that's okay. You know, and that's always a weird thing is, is figuring out how to price with clients. I don't think I'll ever figure out the magic formula for that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we figured out is this is our time. Uh And our time is has to have value. I don't know. We were going to talk about you. Oh, we're going to talk about about me. I never talked about you. (laughs) (laughs) I always talk about me. I'm our mutual friend, Ed. I listened to that one points out that it's all about me. But you know, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but I used to take these self-portraits. I was just about to say that. Yes, of course I remember. <laughs> when I started doing this, it did not even occur to me that the topic and the focus of the self-portraits is very, very similar to the topic and the focus of the podcast. It's just this this theme that's going through my life and I can't stop thinking about it. It's kind of disturbing. <laughs> it's been going on a long time. Yeah, that's okay. It has to be. Otherwise, I guess I just have to give up. (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad. Anyway, you asked before about the things that I was looking into. Yeah. Um, I'm basically applying for copywriting jobs. I'm applying for, this is in quotes, content creation jobs, many of which are uh, for social media. Yeah. And then occasionally, depending on the company, I'll, I'll apply for a support job because that's probably my most marketable skill. And technically, I'm a support lead is basically what I am. One of the guys that I was speaking to before talked about something that he called the serendipity surface, Okay, which is it's a platform, a metaphorical platform that you stand on 
and everything that you do or put out there in the world makes your platform bigger and it increases uh-huh. the chance of luck. Okay. Call it luck yeah. if you want, call it, so, you know, yeah. whatever. The bigger your platform gets, the more chances something something is going to come from it. I'm sort of adapting his views. And that's one of the reasons why I'm talking to people because I want to I want to get secrets. I want to get nuggets sure, yeah, of totally. information from people. I want to find out how they do it. I want to find out why it works for them or what didn't work for them. Yeah. Obviously it's it's going to be different for everyone, but this this idea of the serendipity surface sounds really reasonable to me and it also sounds very similar to what other artists and people that I've talked to have mentioned. You do work in some field whether it's artwork or programming or whatever and then through a contact that you meet through that being out in the world other th- it's it's networking essentially it's yeah, it's a fun yeah, way no, to totally. talk about networking yeah so if i spend more time working on things that i enjoy my platform mm-hmm. will become in a more enjoyable platform and the likelihood of something good coming from that will increase so right. i want to do this more i want to make more videos maybe take yeah. some pictures like i'm not opposed to having a job that i get to use photography in right i, I would actually welcome that wholeheartedly i just don't want to be a freelance photographer there's a difference. I get that. I get that. And that was one of our goals with having the studio. It's just, it hasn't happened yet. As soon as we actually signed the lease, which was in June, yeah. our work dried up for like a month. Ah! And, and I was like, oh my God, it's over. And because I'm still learning this freelance thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm still learning the ebbs and flows of it. And anytime we don't have work, yeah. I seriously feel like it's done. Oh, <laughs> It'll never come again, you know? And Sue, who has freelanced forever, she's like, it's fine. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. It will come. Trust me. And I'm like, I don't know. We just because this is the first time we're, you know, we're paying a monthly rent. Right. And I freaked out and I added a million tutoring sessions Uh, over the summer because I got nervous. And then as soon as my tutoring schedule started, of course, then all the jobs came. Right. So we haven't done all the stuff just like what you're talking about, because initially I was like, okay, when you get into the space, my idea is similar is like, I want to put work out there similar to the kind of photography work that I want to do more of, you know, but we need time to create that. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's just fun and practice. And, yeah, it's good you know, practice. At the very uh, least, content. it's good practice. And good it's practice. content. And it's quality content. Yes, quality content. I feel like the more I put that out, maybe that's what people will see that I do. Yeah. You know, maybe I should put less out of the stuff I don't want to do, but I don't know. It is a balance financially. For sure. But that's the plan. Hopefully when, you know, the kids will finally go back to school yeah. on Monday. It's slow right now, hopefully for like a little bit and we can do some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. And then we can plan to do some some fun stuff, stuff that we want to do. Right. You know, um, it's the play to the freelancer. Yeah, it is. It is. But I, I've learned don't freak out. You should tell Marlene that because every time she has a lull, but yeah, she's super stressed out if she's super busy and she's super stressed out if she's totally. not busy. And she, that, absolutely. <laughs> that's the life of the absolutely. freelancer. Stress. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, totally. <laughs> that's why you run a hundred miles. Well, yeah. Well, and that's the only time I'm by myself. Yeah. I, word. I mean, my house is really a, kind of a, a big circus here. And it's all dudes. Yeah. Except my dog. Oh. My pandemic puppy we got. Oh, nice. You know, um, but yeah, it's so dude heavy in this house. When I run, I could just go and be with my thoughts and or not be with my thoughts, mm-hmm. just run and be quiet for a little bit, which is the past. Yeah. So, yeah, I know I'm learning not to not to bug out when that lull happens. I don't think I've mastered that yet. 
because right now I'm like, oh, it's it's a little quiet. Should I do something? I'm I'm the kind of person who feels paralyzed by empty time. Right. Like I need to be busy. I'm always doing a million things. Like I'm most comfortable when I'm busy. I've always been like that since I was a kid. Like I'm mm-hmm. just a nonstop person. I'm trying to get better mm-hmm. at just sitting, but I I can't do it very mm-hmm. well. So when there's nothing, I get a little like edgy and weird. The running helps with that. I can imagine. <laughs> but I'm trying, you know, Sue is great. She's like, just enjoy it. Like, just hang out. But, I, you know, there's a guilt involved. You know, mm-hmm. Don is home. He's working from home. He's been working from home since the pandemic started. Is he is, is he going to go back? It doesn't look like they are going to have to go back anytime soon, at least. Yeah. And he's certainly more efficient not having to do the commute into the city. It's nice, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. But the flip side of that is I see how busy he is all the time. Yeah. And if I'm in a lull and I'm sort of just, yeah, so. Just enjoy it. I'm going to go meet a friend. Like, it feels weird. Yeah. I don't know. I can't totally fully enjoy it. So I would like to get to the point where when time is quiet that I can just like, oh, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> so I just have to I have to learn that, you know, not feel the guilt of having slow times. Well, I don't think you should feel any guilt. I think you should uh, embrace the downtime. I'm trying. Because it sounds like sounds like you live a pretty full life. It's busy. I'm more or less a happy person who feels incredibly lucky. I get to do fun stuff most of the time. Nice. We'll stop on that note. Thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I've always thought of you as a fairly happy-go-lucky person. You have kind of this... Really? Whatever. You might not identify that with yourself, but you have a natural sort of almost childish exuberance when you first meet you you're like oh and then you're interested in something and it, you just have a you have a nice it's it's nice to meet you is what i'm trying to say oh well thank you so much that's so nice to hear it's nice to have like an actual full length conversation with you jim i mean <laughs> it's been a while like i feel like i also i feel like like i knew you for so long but didn't know you i was probably so just well. around the house brooding and yeah i don't, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> i think I think that's probably true. Yeah. I always wondered who you were. So now I know a little bit more, which is like re- really nice. Let me know if there's anything else you need to know. I can <laughs> fill I can fill in any blanks that you like. But seriously, <laughs> thank you very much. That's fun. Hey, let's talk another time. That would be nice. Okay. I would like that. <laughs> that was Robin. For a self-identified shy person, she really opened up. Also, she basically confirmed all the suspicions I had about her life. I deeply admire how she changed careers the way she did. It is both financially and mentally taxing to leave a good job that both pays well and makes sense. And she did it. Even though she says it just happened, that's not the way I see it. It took thought and deliberation. These things don't just happen most of the time. Kudos to you, Robin. If this wasn't obvious, I'm also very impressed by the running. Go check out Robin's work at robinandsue.com to see her portfolio. She's also on Instagram at robinmc. While you're there, you may as well go over to at Feel Free to Deviate to follow this show and like all my posts. Every single one. They are all gold, and I'm working on diversifying the types of posts. It's about to get good. Or at least better. Episode 8 of Feel Free to Deviate is coming up in two weeks, and it features Jonas Wolf. He's a doctor of computer vision. How many of those do you know? Yeah, I didn't think so. So check it out and hear what a super smart guy has to say about working with observant machines. Thanks for listening to Feel Free to Deviate. Goodbye. Goodbye.